Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Rhythm Section, brought to you by The Modern Frownery. I'm your host, Coburn Blair. This week, Kyle and I are talking about new music from Boogs, Grip's Shady Records debut, and Westside Gun's new project, which I won't say the name of. We hope you enjoy it. And if you like what you hear, remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Let's get into the show. So, Kyle, I know that you are a lot like me, and you are probably religiously checking the transfer market right now. What is going on in the world of football? Well, um, obviously, when you just re-sign, uh, sorry, not re-sign, re-sign but uh, reacquire Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, you want to make sure it's not one of those situations like Real Madrid faced, like in the early two thousands, where they like got rid of Claude Mcalele, but then got like David Beckham, and you know, Zidane called that. He said it was like. Uh, putting more rims on the Bentley, but like not having an engine. Um, I think that uh, we need a midfielder. That's a big thing. I think watching Fred uh, the other day was absolutely fucking uh, heartbreaking. And uh, I mean, it doesn't matter how many Cristiano Ronaldo's you have. If uh, you don't have an engine room for uh, the ball and have supply and all that good stuff. So what's good. I'm hoping we're looking at Ruben Neves. Uh, Camavinga, as we just discussed, has just gone to Real Madrid or is going the way of Real Madrid. So uh, we need to make these last 48 listen if we get a midfielder or two uh i mean this was a perfect transfer window really is this the best man united transfer window in the last 20 years is that is that accurate (sighs) if we can get a midfielder is that that'll be the big thing like there's always you know yeah uh, th- that's that's kind of the big thing is if we don't have a the team doesn't have a spine like Varane played so well the other day in what was otherwise a, a generally shambolic uh, performance against Wolves but you know it, it could be one of the best it's work in progress we'll see how they finish up yeah I think that I think you you know hit the nail on the head there also again I guess we are not a sports podcast and I don't know how many people want to hear more about the best team in the world and the best team in Manchester. So maybe we should uh, pivot and talk about some music stuff. What do you think about that? There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to talk about. Kanye mysteriously dropped his album on Sunday. What time? You told and, me that it dropped. You know, what time did it drop? Was it like overnight or was it like in the morning? It dropped like it was like random? S- I, think it, I think they did like 12 a.m. On, on Sunday night or something like that. Or maybe like in the morning. No, I he, think they, you know, they just dropped it. He is saying that Universal dropped it without his permission. Approval. Which, you know, I could see that. And, like, you know, that was kind of my thoughts as to, you know, because Universal is a big company. They have a lot of labels. A lot of your favorite artists are signed to them. They are battling over market share. And that's what their battle is always going to be. So that when you do something like that and when you have two artists who are competing there's not much incentive for them to compete against each other because, you know, there's people who work at, at that building in those offices in multiple countries and multiple places who are competing against each other, who are marketing teams, who are, you know, artists, reps, all these different people who have jobs at these companies. And their job is, you know, Kanye for this week. Their job is Drake for this week. They, you know, do these things. So 
I didn't see them dropping on the same day unless they had the blessings of their their label because they're both signed to the same label at the top. You know, there's different divisions or whatever it is, but it's all the same company when you really get down to the brass tacks. Yeah, I don't see them, you know, Universal allowing their two like prize assets to be, you know, like duking it out. And Rick Ross was just saying that this whole thing is this whole like manufactured beef that's happening right now is like just that it's just it's it's a nothing thing and you know it makes uh, and obviously now we've heard that drake is gonna release this week uh you know thursday friday through thursday night overnight so i i mean that was kind of predictable as soon as connie west dropped that that was gonna be the next thing we hear about yeah like we we knew it was always coming uh, even with the manufacturedness of the beef, like I don't really see Drake playing into it as much as people are kind of saying. You know, he, we got that trippy red verse, which you know yeah. did come out on the album. It was a rush verse. He put it out, you know, talking about this, like you know, in a day kind of things. So I don't really see it. Like I, I don't see Drake posting Kanye's address in the way that Kanye's posting Drake's address. You know, uh, yeah, like and there's like, nothing in it for him. There's nothing in it for him to do. You know what I mean? Like for for Kanye West, there's a little bit more in it to kind of dredge up this whole thing. But like Drake's the biggest artist on the planet, so yeah, like he, like he's gonna outstream him. I think. Uh, like you know, Kanye's rollout this far has been kind of cool. You know, there's cool things happening. You know, he's doing the living in a fucking Atlanta in the stadium that like weird talk box thing he has was pretty cool you know he's refreshing his album he's doing these big album listening things at like soldier soldier field in chicago like that's cool i don't see the need for rehashing a, a beef with drake which is like really over very minuscule things you know it seems like he's it screams to me like you know not being confident in your, in your product yeah i mean like at this point like you know, people used to shoot people over beefs. Yeah. Like this is just like it, like it's it's old. Like we don't want it. One, we don't want to be returning to that. And two, it's just like at this point, if you're the largest artist on the, uh, if you're the you know two of the biggest artists on the planet, like it becomes a point where it's silly, and yeah. it's just like put out your music. I'm like my, my I'm curious about because I think Donda debuted at number one this today. I can't. I didn't check. Um, I'm wondering how Certified Lover Boy is going to do when it drops. I would assume it would debut at number one, but we'll see. I mean, it's going to. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, like, the sales, like, head-to-head. Like, you know, this is not Kanye versus 50 in 2000 and, like, yeah. what, five or whatever. This is something different. I just, I think the thing sometimes I find with Drake is that, like, if he gets into the rap beefs that he's gone into, it sometimes affects the quality of his albums. And I don't want that to be the case here. He just needs to follow you know, his own narrative. So he yeah, to follow, like, he, don't get drawn into making an album that's reactionary to something else someone does. Like, it just pulls you off your game. He has a game plan. He's always got a good strategy, generally. So just, like, do your thing. I don't want to hear a Kanye album about beefing with Drake. I don't want to hear a Drake album about beefing with Kanye. I want to hear albums that represent what they're doing and where they're at. Like that's that that's what I want to hear. I like at, at this point, I mean, I'm not a teenager anymore. The beefs don't really have any allure to me anymore. Yeah, like it's just kind of tired and kind of played out. You know, like there's some like funny moments you kind of get from it, but when you look at it, you're like, these guys are two of the biggest artists of you know our generation, and it doesn't really make sense what's going on. And like you're kind of you're complaining about like a watch from Virgil or something. Like what? Like 
what's going on? Like, what planet are you on? The, the address thing was hilarious. Because it like hilarious. Because yeah. everyone's just, like, everyone's like, everyone from Toronto who saw, who saw that was like, yo, I bike by that house. Like, I know where yeah. that is. We're not, I'm not wondering where Drake lives. Like, yeah, like, you, you have to have like a very like, very like not thorough understanding of toronto and you know how our binaries are to be like oh like you know like because you drive through for like bridal path it's very easy to drive through it's very centralized we know you know we can see prince's house we can see you know all the rich people who live there like you know we know conrad dad's like conrad black's dad like invented the neighborhood like it's different whereas la where it's like more hidden and you know people are living in calabasas and there's like big gates to get up to the mountain to see where all the rich people live it's not yeah. like you know it's it's a different idea of and like also like drake gave us a whole house tour you know there was in all the architecture magazines we knew he was building the house like it wasn't like a quiet thing so you know posting his address is just really corny to me yeah, like let's put out the fucking albums and just see what it is. Like everything else for me is a distraction when you're an artist of that fucking size. Yeah, and like you know, we have got the album, and obviously this is not the podcast where we're going to discuss the album. But you know, what did you think? Like kind of initially, like before we you know dive into some other music. Well, just so everyone knows, we're going to be talking. Uh, Certified Lover Boy is dropping. We are uh, so we are August thirtieth right now, recording this on a Monday. Uh, we're going to be talking about this should drop right after uh, Certified Lover Boy drops. Donda has already dropped. We're going to be talking about that. It should be coming out very early next week, uh, and we're going to be talking about it. My general opinion about Donda right now is that, and I'll f- get into this, that there are tracks on it that I believe are among Kanye West's best work. But Ooh, that's it, that's a spicy take. There's some there's some really good tracks on. Listen, there is some really fucking good tracks on. Again, we'll get into it. Where I'm like, this is fucking fantastic, and you can hear that it's taken what he's done on like Jesus, and it's almost like where some of it is like, it's almost like it takes what he's doing, what he was doing on Jesus, and like you hear influences of like newer producers, you know, like Metro Boomin and stuff on it. Like you can hear where that is coming from, and like he's always been like that in terms of understanding who's good who's a tastemaker who's who should influence him you know there's cassephalosine track on this one as well you, you know like there's there's a lot of good like 80 keys has a lot of fucking reps on the album but like the problem is the album is just too fucking long and it's like a double lp length worth of uh, of music and like I don't think anybody has can ever really sustain that from a consistent point of view, and I know a bunch of people are gonna be like, blah blah blah, the Beatles are good, or fucking all eyes on me, or like fucking uh, all that kind of stuff. But think about it for a second. If you had just whittled those albums down, even by like four or five tracks, like you're looking at a tighter piece here. The problem is those albums. The reason why those albums stand out is because there is such great songs on them that kind of omit from our memory the the less good stuff. So like. Overall, there's some really, really, really good stuff on it, but it's just kind of watered down because it's too big, it's too overwrought, it's um too self-indulgent at times. Like, there's songs out there that you're going to want to throw in your car and just fucking blast, and we'll get into that more. There's some really fucking good stuff, including, like, you know, people talking the J Electronica-verse, all this kind of stuff. Like, there's a lot of really good stuff, but, like, at the, pro- the problem is it gets watered down and overwrought by its size, and that's kind of where yeah. I am with it right now, and we'll get into that uh, more. Yeah. 
No, for sure. Let's let's get into some other music. You know, Kanye has dictated this podcast for long enough. Uh, there's, you know, if you go back and listen to some old episodes, we've been anticipating this, so we will give you a full breakdown and we'll do a head to head against uh, CLB when it comes out. But you know, let's kind of take it over to England, some of our favorite artists, and let's talk about Gorillas. What did you think of their little, you know, two pack that they dropped recently? Okay, so the Meanwhile EP is what they put out. The track Meanwhile uh, with uh, Jelani Blackman and uh, the incomparable Barrington Levy is so fucking good. It's it's really good. They're putting, it's a little bit, I mean, it's only three tracks. It's a little bit more disjointed. There's still like a live track on it. Uh, Jimmy Jimmy with AJ Tracy. Obviously, uh, you know, we stand for AJ Tracy uh, on this. He dropped Flu Game uh, this year. Fantastic. Obviously not to the level of, you know, what they just released with, you know, Music Machine, but it's good stuff. Listen, i'm i'm all i'm pro like let's just get more gorillas whenever we can i'm always looking for more gorillas and i think actually damon albarn's probably there's talk he's gonna drop a solo album this year as well which is fucking sick but like i mean he just brings awesome people together and and jelani blackman is fantastic and i love barrington levy I've been addicted to Kano's Made in the Manor uh, album this summer, and I love the song that they have together called Deep Blues, and it's been like kind of my it's, mantra song for the summer. It's and fucking just, like, so good. He just works really well, and like, you know, when we did the review of Gorillaz, like, it's just such, they're making really good music over there, and like, it doesn't really seem like there's any signs of slowing down, and I'm really happy to, you know, be able to hear it and, and play it out in places and such. I'm glad they got into it this year because like this year is like shaping up to be a really fucking massive year uh, for music and yeah. You know, just having David, uh, sorry, Damon Albarn just get into it. And he's such a good band leader and he just understands how to work with uh, people of all different stripes and, you know, styles. And, you know, like it, it's, I'm all for it. I, I, I think that, you know, it's you know not their greatest release but it's interesting stuff the track meanwhile is good it's only three tracks i i'm waiting for i can't wait for you know the next situation that they're putting out this project yeah yeah i'm excited i'm excited about that too let's let's throw it over to our some of our favorites who we talk about on this podcast a lot let's get into west side guns ep which i will let you name it uh fucking what is okay so like it's hitler wears uh i can't even i don't even remember i don't even like uh, acknowledge the name of these fucking mixtapes it's hitler wears hermes eight it's actually sincerely but (laughs) hermes okay so uh, what is hermes like uh, tell me because i'm obviously not cool it's it's a it's a french fashion label and it's named after the greek god well i figure it was uh, I figured. Well, actually, you're, you're you're. Don't you have some kind of Greek like background? I'm half, I'm half Greek. Hermes. Listen, it's Hermes. French. Hey, listen, yeah. it's French. Uh, the in in their uh, pronunciation of it. But yeah. you you know, I'm like I I don't even like I don't like I don't. Even, where the fuck did he get the name for these? Like uh, beyond what is on the actual like the content. Like what is the fucking? Yeah. I, like like before we get into the actual, I'm like. I, like do you think that there is something to be said about him having a bigger audience now and still kind of getting these albums off? Like, is this like, is this a good name? Like, I don't really know the ethos behind it. And I think I've you know asked people and they've kind of tried to explain it to me before, but I still like kind of just look at it and shudder. I'm like, oh, why would you call your project that? Okay. You know? okay. Like, so one of his first mixtapes is uh, a yeah. flyest N word in charge yeah. volume one. Just keep yeah. going with that. 
Yeah. That's sick. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I think, you know, in his explanation of it is like, he's like, you know, I'm trying, it's, it's trying to like continue with that grimy thing and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, whatever. I think the worst part of this series of mixtapes, which is actually really a really good series of tapes. Yeah. Uh, is that the name is whack. Yeah, I think that's what, like, you know, put me off on listening to West Side Guns music specifically. Like, I knew Griselda was good. I knew cool things were happening. But, you know, I was kind of just like, eh, I don't know if I want to, like, you know, be searching this and downloading this. I so. also don't know if it's factually correct because it was Hugo Boss who made uh, uniforms for the Nazis. So I don't know if he'd be wearing a French fashion. So I don't even think it's factually or historically <laughs> yeah. correct. So I'm, I'm, I'm against the name. I'm against the name. Yeah. What do you think of the music, though? Let's get into the music. Well, the music is a completely different story. Yeah. West Side Gun has a quality that, you know, we talk about all the time. First of all, I'd just like to point, like, we were talking about this prior. Like, their output, like, we're like broken records on this podcast, lauding, you know, the people from Gazelda. But here we are with another dope mixtape. This is definitely the most, maybe the last one, uh, seven, you know, the star studded of this uh, Hitler series, you know, but we get reps from this Griselda gang and other peeps like Lil Wayne on it. And it's just like really good. Uh, this is West side working at both his like jazziest at times and his grimiest at others, but like it kind of goes well together. And much of this was produced by like Griselda producer, uh, Denny LaFleur. I think he's just an in-house producer. Like, cause there's not too much on him. And I've, I've seen him like on like Conway stuff as well. And I think the big thing about this tape is his predecessor in the Hitler series as well as the the what series sorry i call it the hitlers i don't even know what to call it i think the big thing about this tape and his predecessor in the hitler wears her her maze series especially with the seven the last one is that okay if you took all of them and their unfortunate name and remove them from the rest of his discography and place them in a vacuum like you really kind of see his progression and the label along with him because everyone's kind of involved and like you know, and Westside Gun just gave love back to its fans regarding, you know, the Spotify numbers on this too, because it's like top 20 in a lot of, you know, in, in countries all over the planet, like the US and Canada. And I know we talk about artists a lot debuting at number one and all this, but I would consider Grisel- what Griselda and Westside Gun represents. Like, we know what's at the top of the pop music heap. We know, what, like, who's there and who got there and who influenced that and what that sound is. But, like, artists like Westside Gun and, like, the rest of the Griselda crew are, are, like, unapologetic about who they are and what they do and what they're trying to accomplish. And they do music that's true to them. And, you know, not that an artist like Drake, you know, doesn't, but this is a bit tougher sledding from a pop, you know, from a pop culture penetration standpoint. But, like, Griselda and Westside Gun, especially with his, you know, with with uh, Tyler, the creator really kind of giving him props, you know, for getting him really into rap for his album this year, you know, he's a tastemaker, he's an influencer and like he influences what it is. And like, while they may not be at the, like at the very top of the heap and from a billboard standpoint, in terms of their influence and effect on the culture, like it's just like, you can't really deny people like West side gun. And like, again, like if you look at these, you know, like the earlier, uh, the earlier of this this tape series they're they're less f- complete but you see his growth as an artist and like this is fucking really good there's a lot of really good shit on this yeah well so you know what are your favorite tracks what do you, you think of the features you know okay so i love first of all stove god steve uh gets on stove this god shit. cooks stove god, stove god cooks. cooks oh my god oh my god it's amazing what, I, man. what are my what are my fucking notes here so God, so God cooks is fucking absolutely like he's just all over this and like his features are awesome, 
and it's just really fucking good. You got Stove God, like Vogue cover was really fucking good. Draymond with Rome Streets was really fucking good. Right now with with Jadakiss, first of all, Jadakiss is everywhere. He's on like New oh, Kanye man. as well. He is. He's just on a mammoth run. He's back after just like destroying Dipset completely and ruining my childhood. He's just like having the best <laughs> time of his life. I loved Bash Money uh, with fucking Lil Wayne. I actually really enjoyed that. But then you get like. Benny the Butcher is on this way. Claire's back. That was one of my favorite tracks. I th- DJ Clue has a writing credit on it. Uh, he's he's on this shit, and it's just like there's a lot of really good stuff on it. Probably Margiela Split Toes uh, with Mac Ami, like really fucking good. Yeah, Westheimer with Boldy James, who's also having a really Boldy fucking James, yes. a really big year. Griselda. His album Bo Jackson is gonna definitely be on our year end. So it's just like these guys are putting out so much fucking music together and they work so well together. Like I love this album from beginning to end. That's why it's just like random naming and mentioning. Like it's really It great. kind of reminds me of don't take this the wrong way. It kind of reminds me of what's the Raekwon and Ghostface album? Why am I? Why is why is my oh, forgetting this? This is, is embarrassing. Blanking? So yes, revoke my hip hop card. I I forgot. But I'm the album I'm talking about is only built for Cuban links because I want to compare them not just based on the rapping style and the production and stuff like that, but also that this is a West Side Gun album. But there's so many features on it, and it feels like it's like almost like you know like Stove God Cooks is on here a lot. Like we're seeing, you know, he has three songs with. Three songs with Stove, Stove God Cooks? No, four songs with Stove yeah, God yeah. Cooks. He's on. He's like three with here. Conway. Like it feels like a, a kind of a group like effort in the same way that only Bill for Cuban Links does, if that makes sense. Uh, no, it does because and that's kind of why I got confused because Cuban Links is, uh, you know, it's a Raekwon album, but I get what you're saying now with it. Yeah. Technically, yes, technically it's a Raekwon album and that's how like my brain would identify it from like a taxonomy wise. But I yeah. think that's why, like, and I've kind of mentioned it on podcasts before and we've kind of talked about it in terms of like i feel like griselda is almost like an heir to the wu-tang clan in terms of like their methodology but also like their vibe as well and i think you can draw direct links to it with how they do things because like they're wider like the group especially with adding like boldy james like yeah. that really kind of strengthens things like you have and like bo jackson is gonna be one of the best hip-hop albums to drop this year and like if you're considering the fact that it's Boldy James, Benny the Butcher, Conway the Machine, West Side Gun, and then this other like host of fantastic people uh, who doing like work at such a high quality. Like I would argue, who else, who else is putting out this much music this effectively? That's what I want to know. That would be my argument. Who? And I don't think there's much of an argument people would have um, in terms of that. In terms of them being like the you know, in terms of like really pushing the culture forward and like, you know, art artistry and like the, the ethos of what hip hop is at its roots and the hustle and just like all parts of it. I really think that, um, you know, that we're witnessing something special, uh, from that label. Yeah. This is we're you know, in the middle of a whole Renaissance, we're in the middle of them establishing themselves. Like we're going to have to look back at these years and talk about their quality of work and their build and what they've established and what they brought to the game. A thing we always mention, obviously the influence that they had on, you know, other rappers, you know, Tyler creator cites them. They are out here making really good music and 
they, you know, obviously are getting their kind of flowers and they're just due, but, you know, they need more of that. And I think that, you know, when you come back and listen to our, our podcast, you know, we're kind of always saying the same thing about how good they are and how their body work is. And so, you know, at some point we're going to need to bring them on for an interview is, is what I think. Yeah, because like, I don't know how you're supposed to attack it from like a content wise, because it's like oh, the music is really fucking good in terms of like genre rap. I like they're, they're working at the highest quality but like they keep putting out stuff so we have to constantly talk about them like they yeah. keep putting it like they, they, they just keep putting out shit like we just did bo jackson a few weeks ago and now we're talking about a fucking a west side gun album yeah like you know you there's no there's, and there's no way to, to ignore what's going on so let's get into our patented mine refinery cog rating system where I, are you placing hitler in this system I, like I got an eight, but I'm taking a point five off for the title, and also like listen, like if you compare it to like Pray for Paris, like you know what I mean, like I I definitely think it's not quite at that level, but like I got it as a solid seven point five. It's a good album. Like right now, I'm rating him against himself. Yeah, that's that's really what we're talking about because, like I think it's hard to be objective when this is like really you know it's almost like it's made for me stylistically. Yeah, no, I hear that for sure. Let's, you know, take things from good old Buffalo, New York, and let's head south down to I-95, and let's talk about Grip and his new album, Shady Records' debut, I Died For This. What did you think of this album? You know, it was I feel like it wasn't too long ago we were talking about his earlier project. We did, we did one review, I believe, um, on here. Yeah, I think what happened was you sent me Snub Nose, and uh, you were like, yo, check this out. I'm like, this is dope. That was an independent record, I believe. Yeah. For, yeah. So, yeah. okay. So, like, I guess what's interesting here is because, okay, let's just go back to West Side Gun for a second. West Side Gun said his contract with Shady Records ended recently in 2020, was it? Yeah. So, it's interesting that Shady, the Marshall Mathers, uh, you know, has his kind of fingerprints on some of this music and i'm almost like is he doing better as an executive and important as an executive these days no no the answer is no Why? because okay you look at shady records you think about cassius you think about you know oh, what's his name something waters from from atlanta who they had before yeah. you know ob trice i would call probably one of their only successes that label has seen uh, Bobby Creekwater, and which is a name that if you know hip hop, you know that label has seen a lot of people signed to them. They have a pretty good roster right now. Westside Boogie, you know, they had Griselda for a little bit. Like, they're it's just like you guys have a lot of talent and stuff like that. But like, what are you doing? What's the label culture over there? You know, it's like for, like you know, people give Drake a lot of crap about you know OVO and his artists not being bigger, and it's hard to to run a label and, and be an artist as you know a label manager and executive but shady i think is one of the poorest run labels from that perspective and i haven't really seen a lot of good releases and one 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 artist i like gets signed there i'm never really happy about it and then again you look at uh def jam and when the executive from shady records eminem's manager became the ceo at def jam and how that label kind of crash and burn and i think that is a really good example of the kind of label culture that shady is running as well where 
so do you think they're trending in the right direction or are we still like because obviously he had artists like yellow wolf and shit like that and like well, that's whack yeah. and uh I, I was a big yellow wolf fan at the beginning and like you know that kind of like crash and burn too yeah. and like ev- everybody that they sign it just seems like oh this is gonna be the start of a new era we're gonna usher something new in and it just you know n- never really comes to that i'm gonna take that and say those are excellent points but I'm just like comparing it to his hip hop, and I'm like, like I'm not really liking what he's putting out now, and I'm just like, is it is better that way? And then you're right, it's not. But like, grip is really good. Like, it's no surprise that this album was good as well as previous stuff is solid. But this one came out of nowhere in terms of like how much I enjoyed it. Like, I love Snub Nose, but this one I really, really also liked as well. And he kind of takes a step further and also like in terms of the journey he's been on as well it's it's the same idea like he stayed independent despite quick cash opportunities put in his face and he stuck with it because he wanted to build something like legitimate and you know he walks through that in the track after it was after the eulogy i believe is the track and the eulogy red sorry and the eulogy red is the name of the track that that album that that is a great opening it's really fucking good but i love that that's how he opens it because you know he really kind of tells that story um and if you haven't heard his album snub nose i would definitely like consider checking it out it's really great stuff i think you know you, you said that my way and you know that's what kind of put the ear the shady record ear you know kind of on it and like i like if you listen to snub nose and then i died for this it's like kind of one narrative leading into the other. Whereas snub nose is a lot about the hustle, but then like on and you know, and eulogy was kind of like talking about that hustle. But then I died for this is very much conceptually about like, okay, when you get there, is it worth it? You know what I mean? And you hear this human narrative move along, you know, going from the struggle to the grind to contemplating, getting what you want and whether or not it was worth it. And just like, it kind of represents huge growth and he's settling into his sound and vibe. And I think this one's a bit grimier and dirtier than his predecessors. It's just really fucking good stuff. And I think there's even more room and even more ways to take it. And the work rate and the passion is there. I recommend checking it out. I think he's only going to do more from here. Yeah. I'm, so that's one thing. I'm really excited about him. I've been a fan of, of Grip for a long time. Um, and I hope that, you know, this is the one that, you know, Shady can make a star and, and give the resources. And, like, from what I know about his team and who he works with and, like, also what he talks about, like, he knows what he wants and he knows what he wants to do. And he, you know, passed up a bunch of deals and stuff like that. So I hope that, you know, there's people in that building who can kind of make him into the star that he could be because I think he's... He's really, really good. And I think one of the criticisms you made, actually, it made me think a lot about, I feel like when artists go to shady records without a narrative for themselves, that's where the problem comes in. Because I think from, like, in terms of an artistry point and, like, understanding, you know, like, bars and all this kind of stuff and what it's like to be at the top, there's an understanding there. But I think that, you know, it's more like he... Like, you, it's more than just being able to hear if someone's good. You have to be able to, like, help flesh that hole out and, like, a plant make it grow. And I think he comes in with an idea and then and an idea of what his career is supposed to be. But he just has someone who can help him kind of with the resources now. But, like, if you get a person going, like, Yellow Wolf, in my opinion, didn't really come in with, like, a fucking narrative about what was supposed to happen. No, and I think Yellow Wolf was in a in a tricky situation. Like, you know, when Pop the Trunk came out, I was really into what he was doing. He kind of had this new vibe. He was on that song with him, Pill, and 
a guy who signed to Kanye now who does a lot of his writing. Oh, why am I forgetting his name? But they basically all kind of came into the game together. They did that one song. You know, Pill signed to Rick Ross. Yellow Wolf got signed to Shady. And uh, the third guy, why I'm blanking on his name, signed to Kanye. So, you know, they kind of all came up at the same time. And then, you know, Yellow Wolf comes out. He wants to be a confederate years later. <laughs> and kind of can't really, like, get his shit together. Yeah. And it's just like... Yeah, like, you know, like, I wanted you to win. Now I really don't care about you at all, and I hope you go away. But, you know, that's just kind of what it was. But it was like, every time that they make a big signing to Shady, I'm like, okay, is this the one that's going to be like, hey, you know, this guy signed to Eminem. He's going to have a really good career. And, you know, people just seem to come and go at that label all the time. And it just seems like a purgatory. Yeah, it shouldn't be turning over like a fucking restaurant. Yeah. There's some really good stuff. And, like, I really hope this kind of, like, works out. But I think you definitely hit it in terms of what the issue is. I just, you know, I, I just think that if you're going to be signed, like, not everyone can do A&R shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it, it, yeah. it's a being able to see... Because also I find like when an artist is trying to do A&R stuff, like, sometimes you can't look past your own experiences. Right. Yeah. And like you're projecting what your view of the industry is instead of like an objective view where someone is like, okay, I can see the moves that need to happen here. I can see yeah. like where they're supposed to go from point A to point B. And it's like, you know, and it has to be almost impersonal to an extent, which I know is like, can be like a slimy business connotation, but like you can't be projecting you onto artists from an AR situation. Yeah. No. I hear that for sure. So, okay, let's get into a little bit more of the music side. What did you think of the Eminem verse? Um, I don't mind the Eminem verse. I think it's one of the, like, I, I think it's one of the better verses he did. I think it's uh, better than the one he did on the fucking uh, Nas album. Uh, the problem with the, I mean, we talk about the one of the Nas album. It's like halfway through an awesome verse. He just, like, starts doing all this shit, and I'm just like, I don't know. But I thought it was pretty good. I can't complain. Do you disagree? Yeah, I... Yeah, I hated it. It's the worst. I never want to hear Eminem rap again. It, it was trash. Um, <laughs> I didn't no like. Fuck. I didn't mind it. Like, I don't know, man. Like, also, year. like, I'm like, I don't know. Like, were you ever a fan of Eminem's albums? Uh, maybe. Like, I thought I was because, like, you know, everyone was like listening to it. I, I mean, I, I really love Infinite. Like, I was with my friend the other day, and we were talking about Infinite, and he's a DJ, and then he like we went, we were at like a bar he was spinning at, and he played Infinite. I was like. This is no way he's the same rapper, you know, years later. Like, I love Slim Shady <laughs> Slim LP, Shady LP is my favorite Mathers, Like, for me, that's, like, he, like, he walks out with the yeah. with his best album. Like, at the, at the, at the fucking beginning. But, like, yeah. I don't mind this. I don't mind him doing verses. I think generally his verses, especially, like, with Dre and stuff, are his best work. Um, like, I didn't mind this. I wasn't, like, I yeah. w- it wasn't, like, this is trash. But I also wasn't, like, you know, over the moon about it. I don't think that this is, like, the rated track on the album by any stretch of the imagination like i much rather love like royce the five nines on placebo yeah same same and i like and i like that they, they can do that together i think this this album is really good and i want this to be an introduction to to grip i kind of feel bad that i don't feel like they picked when the right time released, to release like, it though what do you mean by that i would i would wait to, for this kanye and drake yeah. and this like end of summer stuff and i would put this out in the middle of september or the end of september when it can get its just due in, in time and like you know sometimes that doesn't work and you know ducking people's release date doesn't always work but like i just feel like no, this album's gonna to get that. lost in the shuffle for people who aren't fans and I, I would love this album to be like hey this is you know gonna be on a year-end list this is gonna be you know an album and it's gonna have an event around it 
And I, yeah, because you get like lost I'm, I'm in the wake of, of the bigger ships. Like that's the like that's the big that's the big problem. Yeah. It's not that this album doesn't have merit. It's that it's like you know what I mean. You got two you know behemoths dropping, and you like you kind of think that you know Kendrick Lamar is going to drop at some point as well, and you want to try to get it. Like maybe later in the fall would have been better yeah. for it because like really on its own merits. This is probably one of the going to be one of the better hip hop albums that came out this year. Um, it's just because there's a lot of competition, right? Like this year's really, really good, but this like stands up, and there's just like really good, like it's really good tracks. Like as we t- said, you know, and the eulogy read, you know, with Wiley from Atlanta, IDFT, the placebo, the Royce, the Five Nine is is, is really good. Uh, Gutter with Wara, who I'm not really familiar with, uh, but it was really good nonetheless. Like I would say, the big thing is is that I'm not like offended by. The the Eminem verse I thought it was pretty good I generally think every track on this is pretty good but again this isn't the one I'm like rating that's like not like for me you put that they put I'm pretty sure that was the lead singer uh single if I remember uh proper but I think you do that because of the name power of Eminem but like I don't know I'm just like, like, I'm not like for me, yeah. and I, like uh, mad respect to Eminem and just like what he's been able to accomplish. I'm just like not on that wavelength anymore, I guess. I never really was. In fairness, I never really was. I yeah. like the Slim Shady LP, but I never re- really listened to Eminem and that wasn't for, you know, a lack of talent on his part. It was more just like I couldn't relate to some of the people who were listening to it in the suburbs when I lived there, if that made sense. Yeah, no, I get that. I'm like, ah, oh, disaffected and angry at my parents. I get that I'm for like, sure. I just can't. I'm not. Yeah. I, I also feel like the horrorcore stuff. No, didn't this is age why I like the well. first one because, like, the first one is like you could tell you feel the Beastie Boys influence in him. Where it's just enough that he's not ripping them off, right? But, like, it, you can tell that, you know, there's humor in it. There's more humor in it. I don't like when he starts getting too in his own head. That's my big thing. It's like. Like, I don't like Stan and shit like that. And listen, yeah, it's great. Tr- I understand, you know, the narrative, you know, of it and, you know, what it meant at the time. But, like, it just was never something that spoke to me. Yeah. No, I hear that. Like, I, I don't know. And I, I feel like we should maybe get off of Eminem because I don't want to rag on him for too long. And, you know, we should really be talking about Grip and um, uplifting that album. If you haven't listened, um, listen, if you, if you haven't listened to Grip... You should listen to Grip. Yeah. I mean, like, you, I, I would definitely say before you start I- expanding into, like, a little bit earlier than, because he's got an album before that, 2017, I can't remember what it is. It's, 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 there's a lot more, like, guitars and stuff on it. Uh, I can't quite remember what it is off the top of my head. But, like, Snubnose is just really good. If you're going to start, I would say start at Snubnose and then fucking listen to this album. And, like, it just it, it's, a, it's a really complete narrative in terms of, like, where he is and what the growth is. And if he can take it one more step past this, like, he's going to be up there... You know, like like people like Grizel, like people like the dudes from Griselda, because there's not like there's there's a really good community of people right now in hip hop that are making not necessarily the complete mainstream vibe, but like just really fucking good hip hop. And if you like it and you're into that, then it's going to be like fucking really good for you we're kind of as in this like weird like low-key golden era for like boom bap like a, a return to it almost yeah yeah definitely you know we're seeing a renaissance and like uh, like you know i think i was talking with a friend the other day and like 
you know, during the early 2000s, I had this time period where, you know, everyone else was listening to Lil Wayne. And I was like, no, I'm only going to listen to like music made in Queens, yeah. Queensbridge. Like I'm listening to Nas, I'm listening to Cormega, I'm listening to this and like this yeah. new stuff is not good. And, you know, does Ron rap, Artest, it's all trash. Does Ron like, Artest you know, like this? Edgy. Then I like it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I, need, I need to hear the, the newest yeah. tragedy Gaddafi from yeah. like four, like like ten years ago. That's all I'm listening to. So like I went through that period and like I missed out on a lot of Little Wayne. And, you know, I, I got into it eventually, and I was still like, in that time period where I could listen to it. And he was still making stuff, and, and I was impressed by him. But you know, and I feel like people, you know, who are the YouTube comment type people saying that. Oh, all new rap sucks. Whatever. No. It's like, yeah, no, like you know, you can appreciate stuff where you know you have to meet music where it's at, but also that like there's stuff that's getting made that's really good, and you just need to be I seeking agree, it out yeah. more because if you want to listen to this kind yeah, of stuff, yeah, and I have yeah, a lot of friends like who there. are like, yeah, dude, there's nothing good coming out, and it's like. Nah, man, like if you're okay, let's say, you know, your heyday for hip hop was, you know, you know, like albums like Cuban Links and Supreme Clientele and stuff like that, you know, in that that really sweet spot in the 90s where all that music was coming out, you know, like things changed, especially as, you know, Atlanta trap, you know, trap became I think the big things affecting it were the you know the change the the addition of it of atlanta and trap music and also like electronic music really kind of entering hip-hop kind of changed a little bit about the wavelength of, of where it was where it was on and then obviously like 808 so you see how it changed but like listen just listen to Griselda, man like there's a lot like there's good shit that out there that you can listen to that is that but it's just got like especially with the djs when you consider guys like alchemist you know what i mean and mad lib and kenny beats and i mean like there's a lot of like yeah you can get into it you like there's there's a lot of stuff and i completely agree that you just can't rely on the old you can't just fall back on the old man shit where it's like ah music's not the way it was when i was younger and blah blah blah. it's like no no no. there's a bunch of stuff coming out you just have to like do a little work and i think the problem is when you were younger you did a little work but now it's like, well, you, you know, like I know it's harder when you're an adult, but you still got to like push through it and, you know, embrace those cultural elements. No, 100 percent. I think that's really, really well said. Um, so what are we where are we putting this at in our I've, this is an eight. Um, uh, it's good. I it can like uh, I think there's a whole other level he can go and um, definitely listen to grip and start with snub nose, move into this one and fucking just like throw it on headphones and just let it happen. I don't, I'm with you there, and I I probably have this as an 8.5. I think it's a good de- debut. I think Snub Nose is still yeah. my favorite project of his so far. I'm excited to see Absolutely. you know where it's going to go next from here. Let's you know bring it on home like we do at the end of every podcast, and let's talk about some local stuff. I want to talk about Boogs and Father Figure. That project just came out, I think, on Friday. I think this is a really, really phenomenal. It's Toronto really good, project. man. And like, I think a lot about when I was like walking in the park years ago, even before we did uh, some sort of Judas, and hearing like Ruga clips playing from like a kid's phone, like in the park, and like just sitting with their friend. Like, that's how you like you knew it was connecting with something. And I, I just think that going from going from like that to i think this is first full length isn't it too 
I believe so. I mean, like, that's, I think that's the other thing, too, with, like, Toronto projects and Toronto artists is, like, you know, there's a, a couple of guys who have mixtapes and stuff like that, but we don't really get a lot of full lengths from people. Like, it's it's a kind of a few and far uh, Yeah, because, like, you know, it, 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 studio time is an investment, and, you know, it's expensive. And so it's really good to see that, you know, he's doing well and hitting up with this, because there's a lot of really, really good tracks on it. There's a lot of, it's just grimy and it's bass heavy and listening to, I definitely recommend listening to it in a car. It's fucking awesome. You know, really, it was really, really great to see and, and hear this music. And he tells a lot about the story of what happens to him and what it's like, you know, growing up in kind of a, a tough situation and shitting, you know, shitty areas and just like what it is to survive and just, you know, like his, his family and, and, you know, his father's involvement, you know, in the hustle and just how, you know, that's all men, you know, manifested itself. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think like, he just, he really is talking about real things on here. He's rapping really well at a high level. It sounds really cohesive. You know, it gets you get to the end of it, and it's just like he really gave you a really good overview of who he is, how he came up, what growing up in Malvern is like. And like, I really, really, really am fond of this project. And I'm really surprised because I didn't know if I would like it that much, but I like it a lot more than I thought I would. And I think this is, you know, so far for me in terms of Toronto projects that have been out. Yeah, I was really, really impressed with it. Like it's, 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 it's got that. I'm trying to put it into words. It's just, it has that just like pulsating rhythmic thump to it that just gets your head bobbing. And his rapping has just improved so much um not that it was he was lacking it it's just like at the end of the day he's young and you're just trying to get your bars in and get your style in and get your you know your voice out there and the the fact that he was able to like to kind of move in and do this was just really really impressive because like i remember four years ago when we did the documentary and it was you know just seeing him as this like young guy who had lost his mother and just able to like kind of push through that and this is really great to see so what was it like, like working on that documentary? And well, getting all him credit to getting him involved must go to uh, Jason Miller, my uh, very, very, very close friend and uh, producing partner on uh, on some sort of Judas. He's also a Chelsea fan. Let's not hold that against him. Uh, I fucking hold it uh, against, I will be holding him. That I against him. I definitely hold it against him. But you know, he was able to kind of secure it, and then I remember, you know going out there you know the team going out there you know rich our very talented director going out and just like kind of seeing what life was and he kind of took us into it and you know the i the the issue kind of was in the storytelling part of it is that you know we're doing the story of you know of of, of kevin williams and you know mayhem moriarty and just like what it was back in the day um you know that gangster life and how it like merges with hip-hop and like what it is and the no snitch code and all that kind of stuff is that we we needed an example of it today of 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 people who kind of live that life and have to kind of deal with living like that and that a lot of people haven't necessarily seen that i think a lot of people like to comment on what they think that is and i think the big thing with his interview and he was very kind of you know he wasn't happy that we used it in the end as a documentary filmmaker this is kind of what you encounter i mean he signed all the release forms and everything and he was nice enough to let us uh, use his music i believe we used ruga clips if i remember off the top of my head but he just gave what 
like the realest everybody who had an impression especially people like you know like people who don't live in the fucking you know like in, in priority neighborhoods in toronto who haven't have an, like uh, this idea of what they think he is and people like him and you know black people in priority neighborhoods and all this like all this really negative shit that people just don't understand because they haven't walked a mile in someone else's fucking shoes and i think he just gives the realest interview that takes all your preconceptions of what that is and what that entails and flushes them down the fucking toilet. And that's what I really liked about it. And that's why, like, every time I watch that interview and clips from it, I'm just like, his ability to just be so fucking real and talk about his mother and all that shit that happens. I know he was upset with it. And I, you know, I'm always sorry when people are upset with us using stuff, regardless of whether or not we went through the proper, you know, regardless of going through all the proper process yeah and going all the which you know we Channels kept it you know is, yeah. we kept it pretty tight i just think that he added something that the documentary wouldn't have had unless he was in it and it's just i'm like very appreciative of his candor and just like it i he, seeing that interview adds a whole new context when you see this fucking music and i would say to him if he's still you know yeah. angry about it that he, he, you should realize how important your words were in that particular situation. Like they're very important. And yeah. a lot of people said that. And a lot of people yeah. from all backgrounds and, you know, contexts with their lives kind of understood that. For for sure. For sure. I, another thing I kind of wanted to break, bring up and talk about is that, you know, we had a song with Boogs and Drake on it and Smiley uh, floating around for a while. It leaked online. And a similar version of the song came out um, with just Smiley and Drake on it and then Smiley signed to OVO. I wonder, you know, if that situation hadn't gone whatever way it did, if that would have changed uh, Boogs' situation a lot if he, you know, had that Drake well, seem there's a few. I have like of. a few thoughts about that. One, one thing I do like about him and where this album kind of continued that is he knows who he is as much as a person as young as he is can know who they are and he knows the music that he kind of wants to make and he's followed that path and like you can be genuine like you can do that because you think it would be good for your career but i don't know if that would necessarily be the most authentic way of doing it um the second idea i have with that is um you know Drake and OVO are, is like one of the only games in town from a, you know, a big uh, exposure point of view. And um, you what you can just you can debate about the whether or not that was a good idea. Um, and the third point, I think, with it is this is an example of how we need to, like, support artists in general. Like, listen, at the end of the day, Drake, he bats for Toronto. Right. That's why we that's why, you know, yeah. we always talk about him in a favorable light, regardless of whether or not we like the music. I think that if you're from Toronto and even if you don't like Drake, there are absolute criticisms of Drake 100 percent that I believe are completely, uh, you know, are completely understandable. But I think that generally he reps his city and he never really forgot where he was from. But at the end of the day, I think this is another reason why there needs to be other games in town, because if you don't align with OVO or what they're doing, like that, it doesn't necessarily like you should still have another path. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
No, I agree with that 100%. I think that, you know, seeing him, you know, put this album out, I hope it gets to just do what it deserves. I hope it lives on the playlist and, and the places that it needs to live. Um, because I want more for the city and I want more artists to be able to make it. I want to create a scene here and I want people to be able to tap into that. And I think that, yeah, you know, 100%. having OVO is a great thing. But, you know, until we get to a point where we can support people who are not affiliated with them or, you know, are doing something different or sound different or whatever it is, that's when you can build a cohesive scene. And I'm really impressed with this album. And I'd like to see more stuff like that come out of the city and more people, you know, tell these stories of, you know, how they grew up and what they what they went through and what growing up in, you know, these farms. Yeah, I mean, I was listening to Shots right. Fired while it was boxing. I'm like, I want to clap somebody right fucking now. I'm like, but it, like it gives you, but then you hear yeah. tracks like, you know, made it out and dancing with the devil and they're very like introspective. You know what I mean? So like he alternates between this yeah. idea yeah. of like bravado, but also like a, a self-awareness of his, like of the condition he grew up in. So like, yeah, it's, I, I liked that he was able to do that. And I think that now I'm just like, I hope he follows it up really fucking well. I enjoyed this. I was really surprised by it. Not in terms that he was able to do it well, but like that, you know, it's hard to put out a full fucking length and he did it. And, you know, he's always kind of had a team around him. And listen, at the end of the day, when I was younger and did that documentary, I remember people just throwing Ruger clips on their phone and the kids listening to it. And that's where it starts. So where, where are you putting this on our patented minor fine rate? ranking scale uh, i'm giving this a 7.5 i really fucking enjoyed it i think he can take a whole other fucking step maybe an eight like i it's 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 for me it's a little harder to rate this one because like i feel like i've seen his progress and like if you go from you know the earlier tracks to this it's like fantastic progress but i think he can even take it up another level just with his storytelling because um for a young guy he's seen a lot so uh that's 7.5 with a with a with a massive upside for me for sure i, I have this at a strong 8.5 i think this is a really yeah. good debut project and i think that this is the kind of rap that i want to hear more of and i'm i was really really floored by it so i'm i'm looking forward to hearing more from him and i hope that you know there is some more levels that he can ascend to and you know some people start taking notice of him and uh, like if he also wants to stay independent i think that's a great thing but i think that he could you know ascend to another another level from here as well yeah i i definitely i i definitely think you know if he if he's staying on this level of growth then if the, the sky's the limits and again like as we said we need a little you know a few more outlets because listen like what ovo does isn't for everybody and what the and again there is criticisms and like that isn't to take a shot at fucking ovo that is just to you know that's just the way that's just life and uh and and, and perception and yeah. um I really think, like, for example, if you're looking at some of the Toronto stuff we've been looking at lately, it's nothing like this. And this is kind of just, like, so I'm wondering which up-and-coming no. artist is making stuff that is this raw, and you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody. And I think it's just, it was just really good, really solid, you know, really fucking well done. Yeah, agreed completely, agreed completely. Kyle, it's been a slice. It's been a lot of fun. It's really nice going back and forth. I'm excited for our next podcast because we have a lot to talk about. Yeah. The next one is going to be, the next one is going to be, it's going to be like the fucking World Series. It's going to be fucking big. It's going to, I'm excited. I might smoke a dab before it. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? I might need to stay on my game. Who knows? It's going to be a big thing. Anyways, like I'm really excited for it. 
All right, guys. Everyone, thanks for listening. Make sure you are subscribed. Make sure you're rating us. We will be back to talk about Donda versus CLB very, very shortly. So thank you guys for listening. It's been a lot of fun. Kyle, I will talk to you soon. Yeah, I'm on. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Thank you.